What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I'm your host, EJ Stewart. We've got a big show lined up today, plenty of really interesting topics to talk about. Um, but of course, we're recording this on Sunday, January 26th. And I would not be remiss based on obviously a lot of our content on New Generation Podcast Network and on um, New Generation Media being sports focused. I'd be remiss not to at least comment on the uh, death of NBA legend, former Lakers superstar Kobe Bryant, who perished in a helicopter crash along with his 13 year old daughter, Gianna. Uh, I, forgive me if the details I have are uh, old. I know that, you know, it seems like we're more stuff's coming out. We first heard five people perish. Now we're hearing nine people perish. So if there are more uh, victims or things we don't know about, again, our apologies. But, and obviously this isn't a sport, our sports show, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. But what I will say, um, and I'll let the other guys say something quickly, is you know, what we do on this podcast, what we do on our YouTube channel isn't easy. It takes a lot of work. Sometimes when we're super tired, Sometimes when we don't want to do it, sometimes when we're sick and we push through because one, we have a passion for not just sports, not just superheroes, not just Star Wars, not just Game of Thrones. Uh, um, you know, we not just because we have a passion for it. It's, it's also from a drive and a will to want to be the best at something. And, you know, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I don't know how many times Kendall and I have been at events. And I think Kendall will see the look in my face of like being maybe intimidated by the situation. And Kendall giving me that look, say, hey, we're the best ones here. And he feels comfortable in saying that because of the work we put in. And that's why, to me, Kobe Bryant's death hits me so hard. I think it hits a lot of people so hard who don't even watch basketball. It's because even if you didn't know that much about the game, if you were living in the years of the 20, 2001 to 2010, you knew about Kobe Bryant's um, uncanny work ethic, perseverance, toughness, and and downright just love for what he did. And I think a lot of people, including myself, who were sports fans, but then moved on to your sports players, you know, sports athletes as youth or whatever, and moved on to doing other things. You took that spirit that Kobe brought, that determination, that toughness, that will to be the best, that idea of never being outworked to whatever you do. I like to think that when we I, I record this podcast, when I'm editing our podcast, when I'm editing our video, when I'm shooting our video, and I think all the, my brothers here would say the same, um, we've all been influenced by the mama mentality. The idea that we're doing it because we got to do it. Because if you want to be the best, we want to make it. This is what's necessary. And Kobe was made sure to illustrate that, how important that was to his success throughout his career. And in the spirit of the Mamba mentality, we are going to do this show, even though it's difficult for us all being massive sports and massive basketball fans. And as kids who grew up um, with Kobe Bryant as that shining example of what it is to be um just a hard worker and someone who was dedicated to their craft. So uh, my condolences to his family, my condolences to the family, the other families that were in the helicopter crash. I believe they were, it sounds like they were going to a basketball practice or game uh, of his daughters. And um, it's a really sad day for really the country. Um, but it's especially, especially sad day if you're a sports fan. And I think you're, if you're just a admirer of hard work, um, it's, it's tough. So, that's my two cents on Kobe. If you listen to our sports podcast, we will have extensive, extensive, extensive stuff on Kobe. But um, the show must go on. And again, I do this show in the spirit of my mentality um, today. I don't know if you guys want to say anything real mm-hmm. quickly before we get to the rest of it. I'll go to Sham first. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I thought you I thought you put it very well, EJ. Um, uh, we, uh, you know, like you said, a lot of what we do and a lot of um, I think just particularly for us, because we grew up in a, uh, you know, we grew up in a very much a basketball household. You know, we played um, basketball. Uh, some of my earliest memories have, are regarding basketball. 
playing basketball and just maybe something, you know, it's personal information that I'm just sharing with you guys, I suppose at this point, but you know, just basketball was kind of everything. And, um, you know, and Kobe, if you knew anything about basketball, you knew Kobe Bryant, um, uh, cause he was always the best player and, and, uh, you're right. He, he was the embodiment of that kind of hard work, you know, dedication, um, you know, the drive to win and to be the best and what it takes to do that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's that, that kind of rare spark that you, that you see in, in, uh, athletes and other people, uh, who show that kind of personal drive and, and that drive to be successful. Um, so yes, it absolutely does inspire all of us here, uh, on the show, um, you know, to, do the best that we can and be the best at whatever it is that we aspire to do with our lives. So that's why it's so meaningful. And that's part why we're bringing it up here on this show because it, it absolutely did inspire us. So, um, you know, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's really all I have to say. And of course I'd like to send my condolences for the Bryant family and everybody else who, uh, was, um, you know, the families of those, uh, other tragic victims who were also in the helicopter when it crashed. So, um, but yeah, it's just a very sad day, and um, yeah, it's about all I say have to say about the issue. Can I real quick? Yeah, yeah. No, nah, I mean this is uh, obviously a tough day for sports fans, for people all across the world uh, that looked up to this guy. Obviously, we all uh, grew up um, on this show. I'm sure a lot of our listeners that are around the same age as us grew up with this guy as a uh, as such an iconic figure. Um, and somebody that like you know, you kind of you, you study his his psychology, you study the way he 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 uh you know went went about his craft you know and um but the the passion that he had for everything that he did I mean it's it's obviously it's so that that part of it obviously is uh is tragic because he's only I mean he's only forty one but then also to 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 lose his daughter and all the other people that were involved in that plane crash. Um, or helicopter crash, rather. That was uh, it's tough to hear, but um, you know, uh, you know. Obviously, he said we'll talk more about this on uh, sports talk, but um, you know, that's our my re- initial reaction. Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, EJ, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still, still there. Us? Sorry, I my, okay. my mic muted. Um, yeah. So, so massive uh, again. Um, massive shout out to the legend Kobe Bryant um, and our condolences to, again, the families, all who are impacted by the crash and all of Kobe's fans in the city of Los Angeles. Um, it's a sad day, but you know what? We're going to try to have good times here. I know for a lot of people who are going through a lot because of this, you know, maybe you listen to this podcast for joy. And I'm sorry if the first, you know, six, seven minutes of this isn't necessarily as fun as what we normally do, but we're going to try to find the rest of the show. And if that is in the spirit of Kobe, Maybe that's what we'll try to do for us, for you guys. So, again, so let's get it started. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Um, I, I want to start I, I want to start talking about uh, this this new story that came out this week from Bleeding Cool. They've broke a bunch of stories over the course of the years of us doing this podcast. And I thought this was pretty telling because if you listen to this show, you know my obsession with the Secret Invasion storyline and uh, my, my thoughts that the MCU would eventually adopt it into... Uh, their story at some point and I think that is very soon hopefully though I you know we've gone back and forth about when that will be well Bleeding Cool is come out with a report saying that they are they have greenlit Marvel Studios two unannounced TV series and that one of them is a secret invasion show uh, so I'm gonna I'm read exactly what they wrote from their article they said uh, we'll be getting a secret invasion TV show Based on the Marvel comic by Brian Michael Bennis and Linnell Francis Yu, the comic revealed that a number of people in the Marvel Universe were scrolls and had been scrolls for some time as part of a planned invasion of Earth by a religious sect of scrolls. So, again, we've seen uh, the scrolls take a bigger and bigger impact on the MCU over the past few years. We saw it, or really recently, the last year, I would say, with Captain Marvel. And then we saw, you know, surprisingly, with Spider Man Far From Home in a uh, 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 you know, a mid-credit or post-credit scene that felt very much in the spirit of Secret Invasion, though in a different way in terms of making the secret the, the scroll look more like heroes as opposed to villains. 
Um, I will toss this one to Shan first. What do you think of the idea of Marvel uh, moving forward potentially with a Secret Invasion Disney Plus series? Uh, well, of course, it's, I mean, I think it's very exciting. You know, um, I know you're also a big fan of Secret Invasion this, the, the, uh, in the comics. Yep. Uh, as am I. I thought it was very, very well done, very well told, very dramatic. A lot of intrigue, a lot of mystery. So I think it's very exciting to have it in a show, whether it's animated or live action. Um, so uh, I think it's very exciting to see. Um, you know, uh, I don't think your theory about Secret Invasion is dead at all just yet. I mean, the fact that we're getting it now, announced now that Kevin Feige is heading, um, you know, everything regarding Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, it could could potentially be telling, you know, that now we're getting Secret Invasion in a show, maybe they're trying to prime people for more secret invasion or secret invasion in the movies or secret invasion. And in, I mean, I'm, I'm also seeing there's apparently there's something going on with secret invasion or with the scrolls specifically in the comics. Yes. They have an empire comic. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, uh, so there's still, there's still some smoke surrounding secret invasion being involved in the movies, but for the show, I'm just very excited for the show. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing it, you know, whenever it comes out. What about you, Kendo? Yeah, yeah, no. Nah, for me, um, this is interesting. I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure if this is. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure about the accuracy of this, whether or not this is ever going to happen. Um, well, I mean, we'll assume that Bleeding Cool's reporting is correct, but I just, I don't know how this. I don't say it doesn't make sense, but like, how would this even be orchestrated? Because they, I mean, they're saying it's tied into Captain Marvel. Um, wouldn't you? And far from home. And far from home. I mean, wouldn't you like execute something like that in secret? Like, I don't think that you would. I, I don't and see. Secret I mean, yeah, maybe. I, don't I mean, know maybe. If I, I mean, watch maybe. a show called Secret Invasion. So your your idea is, why would you announce that? Why would you announce that the scroll that the scrolls have been invading our earth? Like, why would you announce? Yeah, like I mean, I guess like that's something that like I mean they didn't say it like Marvel. Right. That I was going to argue. I said they didn't say it. It's a report from a source that has been good, but isn't like usually our first source. Yeah, it's not a uh, major breaking news variety or deadline. You know, we know those sources come directly from high up at Disney. Yeah, they're not getting this from Disney. So, I mean, look, that's 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 fair, but. At the same time, it's just, like, in terms of the timeline of when this would come out, why wouldn't you do this in movie form? You know, why wouldn't Captain Marvel 2 just be Captain Marvel 2 Secret Invasion? Like, what? I mean, maybe they have another story they want to tell. That, and that's fair. Captain Marvel is a character that could be bigger than just the scrolls in Secret Invasion, if you, if you want to go that route. But, I don't know. This just seems like... A weird thing to do and it just seems so opposite of everything they've done so far with their disney plus series i mean it, it seems more akin actually to what like lucasfilm is doing with obi-wan but where it's like almost it could end up being like almost like a mini movie but i don't know what you know i i like i don't know like are you gonna get all the marvel characters to be in a disney plus secret invasion story I mean, it's possible, but, you know, I mean, this is going to be a lot of money and just uh, are enough eyeballs. Like, you might as well make money off this. You might as well make money box office-wise if you're going to go all in and do Secret Invasion. I, like, last thing we need is a is a discount version of that. Yeah, and, and so so here's the thing. I, I think that there will absolutely, if they're doing Super Invasion, there will absolutely be some box office uh project that will that will that will hit movie theaters what i think is happening here if this is true and you know i want to go as far as say i I completely you know question the accuracy of it but maybe i question the accuracy of like how they're describing the show i I was gonna i was gonna say oh yeah exactly because i i feel like i don't i don't think that you'll have what you would what we saw from secret invasion in the comic book on a TV show. There's no way they're going to do that. Like to me that's yeah. 
way the, the the scope of that kind of story is way too i mean in theory like you could argue that maybe like it should be a show like, it was a, a like a six part eight part comic book or whatever and it was a story that had been they you know i've read that new avengers line up until secret invasion and so that's a story that was set up for like 50 issues of new avengers so you can argue maybe all these kind of things should be in the television show but just no understanding the expectations for what we see for movies and television that can't be done on television so it's gonna have to be a movie what I think will happen, though, is basically what I just said is I think that they will try to tie in some of the whatever happens in the movie into a television show that maybe pre-lose the movie or maybe kind of is an attachment to the movie. But that's my take is I think that there probably is a secret invasion type show, but that it will somehow lead into something that's going to be a movie. Because uh, yeah, I mean, to me, that's the only way this would make sense. Like, uh, unless they're going to do it. Tele- again, I just don't, as Kendall said, like, I mean, I'm sure they maybe feel like, yo, like our Disney Plus subscription would go through the roof had if we do this. And maybe they would be right. But at the same time, I just can't see how they would put that kind of massive, uh, important project to, like, understanding what's happening in the MCU on the Disney Plus app. And I know that, that they're saying that this app is now important and you need to be watching these shows, but that seems a little too far. And also just trying to pull that off for, for the six episodes, that seems like a very expensive for not enough of a payoff. Yeah, I mean, um, I I, th- I agree. And I think that, I think this report is true, but I don't think we have all the details. And I think it's this is very preliminary information. Um. I don't really I don't really have anything to compare it to, but just reports that aren't not true, but it's just something that we don't have all the details yet. Like there's a lot more to this. There's something going on. There's a secret invasion thing <laughs> being developed for TV, but we don't know what it is yet. Right. And it's not going to be just the comic thrown on the television screen. Right. Is I mean, it even going to be called Secret Invasion? Is it going to be called Secret Invasion? I feel like there's a lot of things that we yeah. don't know about. Because this they yet. just say like Disney Plus Secret Invasion. I don't want that to come out until after like if like. For example, if Black Widow comes out and the post credit scene is that Black Widow's been a scroll this whole time, and then they announce this, it's a little different. Then I'm like, okay, you know, like, it makes a little bit more sense. They want to do Secret Invasion. I get it. But they just, it sounds like, like I said, it sounds like there's almost like a precursor to Captain Marvel 2. Like a, like a, a prequel. And I, I, that just sounds very strange to me. And maybe it's not. Again, maybe it's not. Maybe it is the the following the events, the unfolding of certain events in certain upcoming Marvel movies. For example, the Eternals or Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Black Widow make more sense. But that's what's also bizarre about this is that I mean they have they announced uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is coming out in August, or it's being reported. Like they don't have many movies coming up though. You know, the only movies coming up are Black Widow and Eternals this year. So, where on the where on the slate do you even tease uh, Secret Invasion? I mean, again, unless it's unless it's Black Widow. I mean, I've I've been very I wouldn't say I'm confident, but I, I think obviously there's a very good chance that Secret Invasion is teased in Black Widow. You know, if they're going to tease anything, if they keep talking about how big this this movie is going to be. Then it has to be something, and secret invasion would make the most sense. It just makes the most sense. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and maybe that's where this report comes from, because a lot of times, these things, these reports, they don't come out of nowhere. You know, things kind of go. You know, pieces are put in certain places at certain times, and you know, we have Black Widows coming out very soon. Yeah. Um, people may have seen Black Widow, and maybe that's how the this report got leaked. That's true too. Uh, maybe. I mean, we just saw this week Captain Marvel 2 was greenlit or was put in development and was officially announced by deadline. You know, maybe that um, is something that uh, also sparked this conversation. You know, there's a lot of a lot of uh, things that that happened this week or that that are happening in the upcoming calendar that could have contributed to this report. But it's just it's just a strange, strange timing for this and just just a strange project to do on disney plus yeah yeah the time the timing i, I agree with you Kendall. the timing is also what's throwing me off because we, we we know the shows that are coming out and 
we have you know i know some are being held off like hawkeye potentially but like knowing the timing and knowing when these movies come out like where this would fit into anything seems odd though the idea like you said captain marvel being greenlit and that's i believe what 2022 like wouldn't make like that would right fall in line potentially with, with, with whatever with, with whatever would be the next thing to come out of Disney Plus. Like we know the shows up until twenty twenty one, and then well, what's next? Like, well, if this is gonna fall in line with Captain Marvel, like that that could make sense as to why this is being greenlit now. You know, uh, I, and look, I, I think that you know if they that is the route. I think we haven't really asked about you know will it, how would that work? What would I what would it? How would it do? I think that that's a great idea. I think that, um, like, because what, what I think what made Secret Invasion so great was kind of watch reading these comics and trying to see little clues as to why, like, where the clues were that you may have missed that there were scrolls around. And I think that there's a way that you could replicate that in, like, a Disney Plus series by maybe revealing the scrolls in a movie somewhere and then maybe doing a series that's fully just you picking the places of where scrolls are making their impact and then doing the movie of them making their invasion and making revealing themselves like that could be really awesome you know what i'm saying uh because once because once you whatever movie you're gonna do like it's gonna be revealed that the invasion is happening and perhaps it'd be easier not to try to have to do all that groundwork in a movie of like captain marvel of trying to show okay where exactly has every scroll been and showing that in every movie it might be easier to let a full show breathe to tell that story over the course of these years in the Marvel Universe. That could be really right. cool. I'd be excited for that. Right. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. So you're saying, like, have a show that, like, kind of details what's been going on with these. Yeah. Yeah. Behind the that's, scenes. That's exactly what I was thinking. As well. Yeah. And, like, these you know? episodes could be, like, one-offs. Like, you can't do yep. four episodes of, of, you know, Brie Larson. But could Brie Larson be in one episode? Could then right. Tom Holland be in one episode here, or could you know uh, Sebastian Stan be in one episode here? Like, yeah, you could definitely afford that. That's a lot easier. And like, they don't have like less. Yes, it would tell a, a whole story, but maybe it wouldn't be like like you know a beginning, middle, end. You know what I'm saying? It could just be like you telling different instances of something that happened in the Marvel universe and how the scrolls impacted that. Like, and I could see that being, I could see that somehow getting to bleeding cool and then being referred to as the Secret Invasion show. Like that's how that would. That's how. That's the only way I would be be able to describe it. Like if that was the plan, and so and I wanted to leak it to Bleeding Pool, I'd say it's a Secret Invasion show. Like so I can see them because that's what's interesting to me. It's like it's a Secret Invasion show, but I know it's not going to be a bunch of Avengers fighting the scroll. There's no way that's going to be on television. So what could that possibly be? That's what. That's not the only thing that makes sense. But that's just an example of an idea I think that could work. That I think would be really cool. Yeah. Um. Again, if, if that's the case, and it's just unfortunate that this got leaked, it but, is. Yeah, you know. But it doesn't uh, make me like, any less. It doesn't make me any less excited that they might try to do that, though. That was right, and awesome. it won't make me any less, you know, willing to watch it. <laughs> right, or any less like excited or shocked if we see it in Black Widow. Right. Yeah. You know? Like it won't. It won't ruin the moment. I won't be like, ah, but we knew this was coming. Yeah. I like because I have no idea. It may not be in Black Widow. You know, it could be in Captain. Mar- it could be in Captain Marvel two. Could be in Doctor Strange. Like I don't know when if this is coming up. When they will do Secret Invasion. So even it being confirmed, and again, we don't know if this is legit. I'm I'm still a little skeptical. So there's a lot of a lot of reasons why you know I would still be excited about a Secret Invasion story. Mm-hmm. I do want to uh, now move on to another story this week that caught my attention regarding the future of the Marvel Universe, and it centers around Patrick Stewart. Who recently detailed a conversation uh, about um, a- about his potential future, or at least conversations he's had with Kevin Feige about the future of the Charles Xavier character? And when I saw the headlines, I, I kind of envisioned in my head what their conversation was, but then I was actually pretty surprised to read his quotes to see exactly what they were referring to. So um, he told Digital, Digital Spy that quote. I met with Kevin Feige a couple months ago, and we had a, we had long, long conversations. And there have been movies and suggestions which include Charles Xavier. Here's the problem: if we had not made Logan, then yes, I would be ready to get into that wheelchair one more time and be Charles Xavier. But Logan changed all of that. So that quote, Kendall, I thought was quite stunning because 
to me, that's him pretty much revealing that Feige asked him to be Charles Xavier. Oh yeah, which is that is that's a stunning thing to me. I know maybe maybe um some people may be listening and think that's crazy because like why wouldn't the most iconic Charles Xavier voice actor person that we think of for Charles Xavier not be asked to be you know Professor X moving forward, but just knowing the idea of like us assuming that this X Men is going to be a reboot, probably some younger actors. Uh, Patrick Stewart is getting older, so like. You know, knowing that the X Men gonna be around for a long time, like how long could he be in that role? You know, and all the all the conversations about Faye looking for someone a person of color, or all these things we've heard. Uh, you know that uh, that that Dennis Washington's son's been in the conversation, like you know, like things that like don't in any way make me think Patrick Stewart is gonna be involved. So when I saw that he talked to Faye about Fresh X, I thought it was one of those things like how Matt Reeves talked about talked to Ben Affleck about Batman. Like, we knew he wasn't hiring him to be Batman. It was more of a, you know, you sit down and you break bread and talk about, you know, your idea for Batman and what worked and what didn't work for your experiences. And you, you know, you talk shop. This wasn't talking shop. This was a job offer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what's the most interesting part about this. Like, it's not Patrick Stewart turning it down because of Logan. It's not, you know, Kevin Feige and Patrick Stewart are talking. It, it's not even for me even the actual like idea or the job offer for me it's just like I, what i take from this is where kevin feige's head's at with this character and obviously you don't want to take too much from this because look maybe there's two possibilities here that can kind of that pours some level of cold water on it is one look maybe this was one pathway that he was considering going but he may take a completely different pathway now that Patrick Stewart's turned it down. Like, he can go from Patrick Stewart to, all right, that was our one thing we were going to go with if we were going to go with an old traditional Professor X. Maybe now we'll just go with, you know, I don't know, for example, you know, someone younger who's out there. I, I don't even have a name. Zach Efron. You know, like, somebody just generic. Like, but, or this could mean, you know, all right, you know, yeah, like he wanted to he wanted to bring Patrick Stewart, but it was only in a cameo. It was only in, a, you know, a Doctor Strange multiverse of madness type thing where maybe they connected the universes. Because on that level, it's very it would be very. Uh, what's the word? Confusing to a lot of to a lot of people. If you do bring in the old Professor X and it's considered and you pretend like there's a new character, mm-hmm. like I think it's doable for me and you. But like it's going to be confusing for a lot of people. So I, I think on that level, that's why I wonder if this was just a cameo deal. But where I do look at this and say maybe it is very meaningful and it's not just nothing is, look, maybe we not maybe this is a look into where Kevin Feige is looking at with Professor X. Maybe he is looking for an older Charles Xavier. I think 80 years old is what Patrick Stewart is, and I think that's a little too old in general, which is why I question how serious Feige was about him being Professor X full-time like long-term like unless this wasn't some sort of hijinks um like a scroll deal maybe i don't know i mean that's even a possibility but where it's like you know he's, he looks completely different i don't know but um I, yeah, i've seen some people throw out brian cranston as a possibility uh could they then say look maybe we'll go to james mcavoy now no, we can't use Patrick too. If we if they do want to do something for Doctor Strange, use him in Fastbender. I don't know, but my guess is that this wasn't for Charles Xavier being the full time Professor X only because of Patrick Stewart's age or Patrick Stewart being the full time Professor X. But um, that possibility is also very very interesting because it shows you the level of respect Kevin Feige has for those movies, considering that's basically where you got to start at Marvel. That's like true. Movie, A lot so. of people forget about that. What do you yeah. make of this, Sham? Yeah, um, I mean, I agree with Kendall that this was uh, one of many. This is definitely one of many paths. I'm sure. I'm sure Feige always has several contingencies when he approaches all these people. Um, but I think this is one of many paths that he had considered was bringing Patrick Stewart on for, whether it be a cameo or for some kind of potentially continuous role. Um, though he is very old, so I don't know if he would have. Wanted him to bring him on for a very long, continuous role. Right. Disney knows more than anybody after seeing what happened with Carrie Fisher. You know, exactly. It's, 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 you know. Uh, it's risky. 
Yeah, it's definitely definitely risky. So I I mean, but I do. It's clear he wanted it for something. So um, it would have been fun to see. I don't blame Patrick Stewart at all for turning it down. I mean, Logan was absolutely the perfect kind of icing on the cake. Um, just the ending of the character uh, for uh, Wolverine as well as um, uh, Professor X. Though, of course, we're going to get new Professor X and a new Wolverine anyway. But for those specific characters, I thought it was very well done. So I don't blame him at all for not accepting the offer. Um, I mean, it does shed a little bit of light as as far as what they were looking for. Um, but again, honestly, I don't think the reports we've been hearing were necessarily false um, I think this is one of many different avenues that they were considering or are considering. You know, Feige does have a whiteboard or or a figurative, you know, whiteboard, um, you know, where it's just what his options are and what he would, may want to do. And why would he not? Why would you not consider Patrick Stewart? I mean, he's such a fantastic talent. He was an amazing Professor X. So uh, I would have been surprised if he had never, ever considered, you know, bringing him on, even if it was for a cameo, maybe something multiverse related. So. Um, but yeah, either way, I think it's cool to know. It's cool to kind of have this kind of background information and to know that Feige's talking to these people. Um, so yeah, I think it's cool. It's a cool to bit of information. Yeah, it definitely is cool. I definitely agree with Kendall that uh, his level of respect for Patrick Stewart is going to be immense because of his work on the X Men, the original X Men movie. So I think it's cool that he he's reached out to him and wanted to work with him in some kind of way. Uh, I think both of you guys make good points. You know, the idea of him being full-time Fresh X still seems uh, far-fetched, though. I'm, you know, I don't know. You know, you just never know. I mean, Feige, you feel like he can kind of do anything. And um, and I was intrigued when he, you know, Stewart to me made it very clear that he was asked to, 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 to be Charles Xavier one more time in some capacity, and he had to turn him down. And... I think as Shamari's pointing out, like what that plan B now is, is fascinating. It's like, you know, we know he has so many contingency plans. Like what else is he cooking up that is going to somehow move us towards the, uh, the, um, to seeing the X-Men and, and the mutants on the big screen. Uh, I'm excited for that, whatever that process will be. Also a uh, story this week that, that grabbed a lot of attention as well was our, our first shot at one of the, the big characters that we'll be seeing in the Falcon and Winter Soldier series. Um, we got our first picture of Wyatt Russell as U.S. agent. And the picture we see him, he has the uh, original Captain America shield. He has a suit that looks very reminiscent of Captain America, but is clearly a U.S. agent. Um, the, uh, the set photo, I mean, excuse me, not set photo, the concept art really did it justice. I mean, it's pretty much exactly what you saw if you saw the concept art from earlier. So I want to give you guys an impression. What do you think? What do you think of how uh, of uh, how he looks so far? Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting how they're going with the whole. You know, he's fully like just a fake new the new fake Captain America. Like that should be an interesting gimmick. See how it's played out in this show. Um, wasn't sure if they would go full on, you know, Captain America costume or if they would just do like a he's Captain American spirit thing, but. Now they're going with the he's the captain he's the new Captain America. Will they now will they call him that? Will they call him US agent? I imagine they'll call him US agent, but that's that's the only thing that's kinda of weird about this is that they're gonna be calling him US agent, but you know, he's uh he's gonna be wearing a Captain America costume. If that's the case. Yeah, they may just be calling Captain America. I mean, sure. US Agent's Maybe. costume is a ripoff of Captain America. The, the only yeah. they mean the, now the the thing that's new to me is he's holding the shield. Right. Like right, the exactly. exact same that's shield. Yeah, that's what's bizarre about this. So, you know, and they could still just continue to call him U.S. agent. But, you know, how will that work in the story? You know, it'll be, it should be interesting. Is that yeah. shield even the same shield? Like, is it right. vibranium? Like, I mean, it's not the same shield probably, but, you know, it, it does it have the same abilities? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I think you're right, EJ. Obviously, the concept art was on point. I think his costume was on point, too. Um, I mean, it looks weird as a set photo. Just because it's a set photo, yeah. um, but but I think when I mean other I mean even on even as a set photo it looks legit, so um, so yeah I mean it's interesting that he has Cap Shield. I've seen a lot of people kind of have kind of mixed reactions to him having Cap Shield, but I mean regardless, um, and you know we don't know what the story is behind what, exactly what's going on, so it's still very much a mystery. Um, but I am digging the costume, 
and uh, I'm very much looking forward to this show coming out. Didn't did they say it comes out in August? Yes, that was according to deadline. Yeah, according to deadline, the show's coming out in August. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can't wait. I think I think it looks really good. Yeah, I mean, I'm on the same page. I, I think that this is uh, really awesome. Um, I, yeah, I know people. I, I agree, Sham. I know people have talked about you know he shouldn't be holding Cap Shield, but again, we don't know the story behind it. You know, we don't know why he's holding a shield that looks just like Cap Shield. Is it exactly? It definitely is an exact replica, you know. But is it the is it the actual one? Um, we don't know. So those are details we still gotta learn. But I think just in terms of his look, and I think to me the story that we're we're assuming to hear about this story, about this movie being that you know the government not necessarily being cool with Sam Wilson being Captain America or being the, the heir apparent, and this guy you know perhaps being the person that they picked to be their. Captain America, and in many ways, he'll probably act more as a government puppet. Like that, that that like his suit is is looks really great, and I, I love the similarities that they made uh, to the original Captain America suit. At least Captain America suit we've seen him wear over the course of the uh, years of uh, Chris Evans' time in the MCU. I, I dig it. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, this is going to be a really. I'm really excited for this show. I think that of all the Disney Plus shows. Uh, this is definitely like, the one that everyone's kind of really looking at, especially when you think of like what the action could possibly be and how that will advance um, Steve Rogers' story um, and his legacy, rather. This this is it. So I thought they did a really great job. Um, and I, I can't wait, man. This is like, it seems like, especially now that the Mandalorian's off and like, you know, there's no new content really coming on the Disney Plus channel, like our Disney Plus app, like, I feel like I'm yearning for something else, so I, I would love to finally get a chance to see this show. And when it comes out, um, we'll be we'll be we'll be talking about it. Let's uh, move on to uh, one uh, one last story uh, for this podcast this week, and it centers around um, these animated shows that are being canceled by Marvel. So very Marvel show for today. And apologies, uh, real quick, you know, because of the passing of Kobe Bryant, we had planned to do recaps of Arrow and Flash. We, we were not able to get to them because we were not able to watch the episodes. We expected to watch them. Before the podcast, uh, only Chamari watched them, so um, the Kobe Bryant news kind of preempted everything that we were doing at the time, so we didn't get to those. So apologies. Promise next week we will have uh, recaps of the CW shows, but I do want to talk uh, quickly about these animated shows that will no longer be uh, coming to Hulu. So, the Howard the Duck show and the Tigra and Dazzler show have been canceled by uh marvel before they even got to come to air so if you guys remember marvel announced they'd be uh they'd be developing two or three rather four animated hulu series that would kind of act as comedies um they were howard the duck T- tiger and dazzler modok and Hitmonkey. so we did get some new details about who will be in the modok series this week and Hitmonkey is going forward both of those shows will be going forward as planned but Howard Duck and, da- and Tiger and Dazzler are done. So what do you guys make of this? Because we know Kevin Feige now is kind of is the head honcho over at Marvel. And he has control over now everything that includes animated series, that includes live action series, that includes movies, that includes comics, that includes anything involved in Marvel. Now he's the top guy. And we're starting to see some of those pieces fall into place. For what his plans are. Why do you think these shows, Kendall, are the ones that are being uh, sent shown the door? Um, I look. I, I I haven't read the scripts. I haven't seen anything, so it's tough for me to say. The easy way to look at it is that these shows weren't. They make the cut. Like they weren't as good as Modoc. I mean, I, I, Modoc was the one I was most excited for. Um, seemed like that show could be interesting, could be funny, uh, and. You know, um, it seems as if that's uh, that's something that Marvel has been very high on since it was since it was announced. Uh, the other shows, um, you know, even Patton Oswalt, is, I believe, is playing Modoc, and I think he's like producing it. So, like, you know, they weren't gonna. I mean, they could have canned it, but that would have been a little messed up. But um, the other shows is very simple. It could have been Kevin Feige read everything. Read the the synopsis, the the layouts of what these shows are supposed to be, and he just maybe didn't like the other two, 
and maybe he's a bigger fan of Modoc uh, and Hitmonkey. Um, other than that, there's no way I could even go into why those shows got canceled over the other ones. I mean, the other, the only other possibility is that like maybe those shows, maybe all of them are gone, and maybe those were only the first two. And I wouldn't be surprised if the others were announced sometime in the next couple of weeks. I have mm. a theory about why those shows were canceled, but I'm going to let Sham go first. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so I, I don't I don't have a theory, but I know it is very uh, um, it is very telling, you know, that Kevin Feige is very much willing to cancel. And we've seen this already, honestly. But he's clearly very much willing to cancel any show that does not fit into his vision of uh, what – Marvel, just just Marvel in general, I suppose, is going to look like uh, going forward. Um, it's interesting that he, he's trying to kind of, uh, and I don't know if this is, I don't know, of course we don't know for certain if this is just Feige saying, I don't like this, but, I mean, he's the head of Marvel, and since he became the head of Marvel, shows started getting axed. So it, that's what it looks like. Yep. So um, There's something we talked about when, he first got the title. Would he do that? Yeah. Would he do? I this? didn't think so. I thought he'd be like more hands, so hands off, kind of. You know. You know, letting people do their thing. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. Um, is it him? Is it people telling him? Listen, we want a more unified Marvel. Uh, is this something that he had set out to do when he became the head of Marvel? You know, was to create a more unified vision for what Marvel is, and and um, you know, to ultimately help drive more profits to Disney. Uh, by uh, creating this vision of a of Marvel that kind of everyone can see and relate to, whether it be comics, TV, animation, um, video games, movies, etc., everything. Um, so I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, that's what we're seeing now. Um, my thing is, we'll see what the result of that is. If that ends up being a good decision, mm-hmm. I, we don't know yet. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It is a little surprising to me. That he's being kind of seems to be being very heavy handed about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is Feige. It is the guy that brought us the Avengers and all these amazing, all this amazing stuff. So. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll see what the repercussions are. Yeah, I, I think that this is fairly clear what is happening. And I want you guys to weigh in on this theory I have. But with Howard the Duck, that's a character that clearly means a lot to Kevin Feige. We've seen him multiple times in the MCU. Kevin's been asked about Kevin uh, Howard Duck a lot about whether we see more of him, and he said yes that we will be seeing more of him. In fact, I want to say he may have been cut from Endgame, but I feel like he was supposed to be in Endgame. Uh, forgive me if I'm making that. Didn't up. they say he was in Endgame? Or he might have been. In, yeah, he might have actually been in Endgame. Wasn't he, wasn't he like? Wasn't there a, I don't know. I could be wrong, but you're right. right. He, there was some involvement with him recently. Yeah, some involvement with him in Endgame. Whether he's actually in it or he maybe was cut or whatever. But I know I that, that I heard something that he was in it. Right. So Feige cares about how to duck deeply. Dazzler is a mutant. Yeah, he's in Endgame. Right. In okay. So he's in it. So this is a character that like Kevin Feige is is, is part of what he's doing. Dazzler is a mutant. Dazzler has an association with the X-Men. I think it makes sense for Kevin Feige not to want these characters that he has plans for showing up in ways in which he's not, that will not fall in line with whatever he's thinking or whatever Marvel Studios is planning. I think that's why these two shows in particular are gone. But isn't that... Isn't that what they've always done? Now they always they mm-hmm. haven't so, always so got a problem with this. They haven't always been like under the same umbrella, so maybe that's the difference. But like, you know, I even look to uh, Elsa Bloodstone is in Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. Yes, and Jeremy Conrad has been reporting over the last couple months, and like I'll say the last couple months that she's going to show up in the MCU sometime in the near future. Mm-hmm. Like you know, the you know, Luke Cage and Iron Fist are in were in the Ultimate Spider Man show before they were even in the Netflix series. Like, they've always teased or they've always presented certain characters that maybe aren't mainstream in other mediums that may be a little bit more ex- accessible beyond the comics to certain people. Another form I think of the, media. I think the reason So why to- why why would why would Feige look at a Howard mm-hmm. the Duck show as a negative when this would be great for his uh, 
and you know, Dazzler, I don't expect Dazzler to be a main a major part of the MCU, but like sure. especially Howard the Duck, like why would why would that would be a major thing for his 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 brand? Here's what I'll say why. And I know you're focused on Howard the Duck, but I think this part with Dazzler is very important. You have to remember that these are comedy shows. Right. I think if I if I know I have plans for these characters that are somewhat serious, Howard the Duck is only gonna be as serious as possible, but you have plans for them and you, you have visions for them. Perhaps you don't feel comfortable with those characters being shown in such a comedic light. Like, for example, like I know DC has done it, but if Kevin Feige was running DC, I don't know if he was doing a Titan TV show. He'd want Titan Titans go on. But I don't know if he'd want that representation of his characters on other right. mediums. And I think the difference is, before, he had no say in what Marvel as a company did. I think that Disney probably came down and said, hey, these are the characters that are going to be used. Make sure you include them in, in things in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think there's kind of a working relationship. And honestly, there's also the relationship. We always talk about, you know, um, Marvel, you know, coming down on the other, you know, divisions saying, hey, use this character. But how many times also is it, those divisions trying to capitalize on something Kevin Feige has done to and just by himself and then saying, oh, we're going to take the, the way those characters looked or that character he did. We're going to do our own thing based on the money that they're making off of the movies. The comics do that all the time. So it's it's I don't want to make it sound like this isn't like just a this is a reciprocal relationship. It's not just all just Marvel and Disney coming down and saying, hey, use this character, do this, do that. I think some of it is vice versa. I think now that Feige has it all, I think he could probably look at this and say, this storyline that they're going with Dazzler or this storyline they're doing with uh, Tower of Duck, it just might not be what I'd like to have out in the ether based on whatever I'm planning to do with these characters. I'm not saying I don't think he has some massive, massive plan for Dazzler, but maybe he just doesn't want like any kind of mutant content out there that's so much different than whatever he's trying to set up. And, and we know how much he cares about Howard the Duck. And maybe in knowing that he had no creative control over how the show was going to be built, maybe he, he looked at the script and looked at how they were doing and said, this is not something I want to do, knowing that I wanted, I may have plans for Howard Duck. That's what I think is happening. I think that the characters that he envisions having some kind of plan with, those shows that don't jive with it, he's not rolling with. Now, that's not to say that we won't ever see MODOK or Hitmonkey. I don't know. I have no idea. But I do know we're going to see mutants, and I know we've already seen Howard the Duck. So that makes a lot of sense to me as to why he may jump in and say, no, no, we can't put that out there. I want, if we're going to put something out there, it's got to be something more in line with what I want to do. And that would be that would make sense if you, you're you in charge of everything, to want things to fall in line with how you're thinking about moving your story forward. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense. Um you know, I, I think when it comes to uh, and, and this kind of goes back to just me, just in, just overall, just kind of trusting Feige's vision for now, just based on everything that he's shown us so far. Um, I mean, it could always go off, fly off the rails and then we don't know what the heck is going on. Um, and so far, as far as I can tell, he hasn't touched gaming yet. Uh, when it comes to the Avengers game and Marvel Ultimate Alliance, um, yeah. or at least not that not that I know of. I don't know what he. And those like have been very much kind of in the vision of the MCU to begin with. Yeah, um, and uh, same goes for the mobile games uh, that also make a ton of money. Um, so, um, so yeah, I mean he's he's slowly kind of working his way and kind of. And I agree, it does make sense for him to try want things to kind of all line up. I think it is good for him, you know, in terms of the movies and the Disney Plus that he's trying to. I think it makes sense for him to kind of want everything to line up the way that he wants it to, to go. And they kind of see him as this kind of, um, not wizard, but just kind of a whiz with like, you know, making everything like so that they can, make right. the, they can get people as hyped That's up nice. about Marvel as humanly possible. And sure. they're just like, listen, whatever you need to do to make that magic happen, make that movie magic happen, do it. 
you know, and, and he's doing his essentially he's doing his job. He's saying, look, I think, you know, we hold off on Dazzler for now. We'll, we'll, we, this may not be done forever necessarily, but for now we're not going to do it. We're going to put that gonna hold off on that. You know, maybe we'll have it in a file somewhere in the back room, but, you know, we're not going to do that just yet. Um, you know, et cetera. So, I mean, I think he's moving. I think he's, you know, he's got plans. He's got plans for all this stuff. So I think it's just a matter of, of uh, seeing where all this stuff is going to go. Um, I think the same goes for all the Netflix shows, you know, Daredevil, Luke Cage, all that. We're hearing that he's going to bring them back. Uh, I, I think there may be some smoke there as well in terms of things that may pop up again in the future. Um, Especially if we're hearing things about secret wars and universes and all this stuff. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think it's going to be, um, you know, I think he's got a lot of plans in store. So I, I'm just excited to see what we have going on, going on in the future. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we I would have liked to have seen what they were going to try to do, though. As I talked about on the show, I wasn't completely thrilled that Marvel was going this route with animation. Um, and maybe that's also what Kevin Feige sees, too. Like, you know, we've been very critical of Marvel's animation for the past 10 years like they've been getting killed by dc since as long as i can remember on animation and yep i feel like perhaps maybe he said four comedies is a lot of comedies that could be it too like you know there there are a lot of ways i think that the the characters specific people the characters specifically they got canceled they have connections to him and his future that i could see why he would want to get rid of them but then there's also the idea that maybe he wants uh, a much more robust complete animation division because that's something that Marvel is sorely lacking. I think that it's a weakness that they've yet to to to, to figure out. I think it's a it's a source of revenue. I think it's a source of interest in the Marvel brand that they haven't tapped into, and I can't for the life of me explain why. Like why? Like to me, like especially so again with social media, how much social media can spread the word about good content. Why you wouldn't try to put out more adult themed content? regarding Marvel, or at least not super kitty content uh, in relation to Marvel, to get the word out about your brand and the people that are spending money on your brand, it seems like a really odd business decision. So he may have seen that and decided, I'm not putting four comedies on one net- network. Like, we need to have more serious content on there. You know, Marvel is not, like, you know, the most serious, serious, you know, place in the world, but, like, you know, they're also not Comedy Central. So that could be a factor as well. Either way, we'll see. Um, I think that's going to wrap it for this week, though, guys. So I want to uh, thank you all for listening in to this abbreviated edition of New Generation Hero Talk. If you guys are used to hearing our show normally, you're used to hearing an hour and a half at least. And you're probably, maybe some of you may be happy that this is now uh, done under an hour. So, of course, uh, if you want to listen to any of our shows, uh, be sure to check out our podcast network, New Generation Media. No, excuse me, New, New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, check out our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. You can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, New Generation Media. On Twitter, at New Generation Pod. And on Instagram, at New Generation Podcast. Uh, you can find Shamari on, Insta- on, on, social, on, on social media, MCSham22 on Snapchat and Instagram. And you can find me on uh, Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. And on Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys so much for listening in. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.